0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Trade scenarios abound for the Minnesota Vikings. We get into all of them on today's Mailbag Edition with Reggie and Luke on the Minnesota Football Party.
2: Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast.
1: What is up, everybody? It's a Wednesday morning. It's the mailbag edition on the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom covering the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Carol Evans Sports Director Reggie Wilson joins us every Wednesday. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter. And Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, the usual sidekick. Lots to get into today. We've got some crazy trade scenarios that people have thrown out. Uh, We've got some a little more realistic trade scenarios that people have thrown out on Twitter. We're going to get into all of those. Luke and I are also going to try to to shield ourselves from from the arrows of the Twitter sphere that dislike our Hendon Hooker opinion. We will defend ourselves coming up here and get Reggie's take. But first, this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel and fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Um, Luke, we're in some heat. We're in some hot water. Um, on YouTube, the comment section, on Twitter, the mentions—they're blowing up because yesterday we endorsed Hendon Hooker as a potential first-round option to the Vikings. Now we're not on an island here. Daniel Jeremiah mocked the same thing, so that's what got this conversation going. And we agree with Daniel Jeremiah. Um, we'll have to get Reggie's take on this because, uh, Luke, just for those who didn't maybe hear yesterday's show, um summarize what we are saying and, and keep in mind too, the Vikings have been ranked as the most negative fan base on social media. (laughs) And we're experiencing that right now, aren't we? Like everyone is, is sending their pitchforks at us. So give a quick little defense here, Luke, of what we're trying to say. And we'll see what Reggie thinks about it.
0: Well, yeah, listen, I know a lot of the feedback right now, a lot of the blowback, a lot of the heat we're taking, Sam, is everyone wants to make a big deal about the offense Hendon Hooker ran at Tennessee and I totally get that the tempo and like the style, little gimmicky, doesn't really translate to the next level. So I agree with the people there. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out and make these big time throws, which you did. And when you got Alabama's Will Anderson, a top three pick, you got Georgia defenders breathing down his neck in the pocket. He delivered big throw time and time again. 27 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio and those are things that I think do transfer to the next level that you can get the most out of in the NFL he played in the SEC the toughest conference in the country he was the Heisman Trophy candidate before he went down with the ACL injury he led the SEC in completion percentage so he's been highly accurate in fact more accurate than guys like Bryce Young and Will Levis who are both going in the top 10 just from a numbers standpoint this year and I think if you get him in the right system with KOC, let him sit for a year and bet on the tools like the Bills did with Josh Allen, not comparing apples to apples there, but the process is the same, and you bet on his leadership in the football IQ, I just think there's enough to warrant a first-round pick, taking a swing on a quarterback from where the Vikings are sitting all the way in the bottom of the first round at 23. Listen, all I've heard, too, especially during combine week, this guy's been crushing every single team interview he goes through. And I was listening to move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, who did mock Hannon Hooker yesterday to the Vikings at 23. He thinks the Vikings are definitely a team, maybe more than any other team to keep an eye on moving up to go get a quarterback. So whether it's just staying put at 23 for a hooker, maybe you feel like you can trade down and get him, then go ahead or moving up. And taking a big swing for the fence on one of the big four names, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, feels like the Vikes, especially after not extending Kirk Cousins, are going to make a move for a quarterback in this upcoming draft.
1: And and before, Reggie, I'll kick it to you here in just a second. I just want to add a couple things onto what Luke's saying. Um, number one, there's a lot of steam right now around quarterback like. The Vikings have been associated with Lamar Jackson. They've been mocked with Hendon Hooker. People are talking about them maybe even trading up and going to get one. There's just a lot of smoke right now connecting the Vikings to quarterback. Well, in the scenario where the big four are off the board, you can't trade up and get one. You don't want to give up that many assets. Would you rather gamble on a major project like Tanner McKee or anybody else or when you get the guy with the red flags, the age, the ACL, maybe the gimmick offense, that doesn't concern me. Um, but a guy who has a strong arm, tons of athleticism, incredible work ethic. That's the guy that I'm okay with. People were pointing out, well, he had one good year. He didn't have one good year. He was 31 touchdowns, 3 interceptions the previous year <laughs> at Tennessee. People are saying, "Well, he made a lot of a lot of ill-advised throws. He was lucky to only have two picks. He had the third fewest turnover-worthy throws in college football last year per PFF." And people saying, "Well, he he was terrible in the pro-style offense at Virginia Tech." I mean, he wasn't asked to do anything. Like he was still really mistake averse he didn't make that many bad throws um he kind of did what he was asked to do and he graded out pretty well at virginia tech in somewhat limited dropbacks so i'm not as concerned about any of those red flags but red wilson you've been sitting idly by waiting to chime in and, and knock us down a peg what do you think
2: all right so i'm glad you brought up sam his stats from 2021 because although the volunteers didn't do as well 7 and 6 you look at it even going back to his virginia tech days he made his first starts in 2019 first off he's kind of old he's 25 already and yep. so that's like wow like oh he's you know, old for, old
0: he's not kind of old yeah, he's old old yeah he's, like, a, he's a 90s kid yeah one like, of
1: the 90s one of the last when, ones yeah hey, the when, year
0: Peyton Manning got drafted number one overall coming from Tennessee. That was the year he was born. That's how far back we're going,
2: okay, you guys done? Yeah, I'm done. Sorry. okay. so <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of crazy. yeah, he's he's a little old, but you look back even from his Virginia Tech day. So his first year starting, twenty nineteen. completion percentage. You're like, okay, that's not great. But if you look at his numbers, like the dude just grew each and every year, 65.3% completion percentage, 68 uh, completion percentage. And then in 2022, a 70 completion percentage. That is insane. You know, a lot of people talked about though, Joe Burrow being old when he came out. Well, Maybe that just meant he was a little bit more NFL ready. Maybe uh, Hooker is just a little bit more ready to to play. That being said, I don't know that you take a quarterback coming off an ACL who is also older in the first round of this draft. I don't know if that's a sound thing for the Vikings. Now, it's funny. In some of these mock drafts that – I have seen I saw like all the receivers leave kind of kind of early I have had a crush on this guy for a long time since watching him play this past season at 23 Mm -hmm. if Quentin Johnston is there you have to grab him I was just telling one of my friends last night these wide receivers these days coming out into the draft are so much more skilled than they've ever been coming out of college. And Quentin Johnston is a dude that has like Calvin Johnson, like ability six, four big body dude, but also can run like a four 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 three four four forty. 40. Like the dude is an absolute monster. And you know, I, we talked a lot about the, the quasi competitive rebuild. What does, what does that mean? And look, if if they like a quarterback, if, if he's there and they like a quarterback, then OK, that's fine, I guess. But if you're trying to make this a bona fide offense this year and you already have K.J. Osborne in tow, you know, you got Jalen Naylor you drafted last year. He could be a nice complimentary piece. But on the other side of Justin Jefferson, you have Quentin Johnston, a dude that can beat you over the top kind of like a burner even at his size, and just a highly skilled receiver who can catch a slant and take it all the way to the house, that is a scary thought in Kevin O'Connell's offense and another weapon that Kirk Cousins can have this year to maximize whether or not they see a future with him moving forward or if they want to take a quarterback of the future. I don't think 23 is the spot to pick a quarterback. I just don't. Mm.
1: Luke Luke's a huge Johnston fan. I like him too. I, I almost think that for Johnston to be available at 23, you kind of need to have him have a bad pro day or you need to have him run slow or so, I'm not sure that he's there, but like Jordan Addison, he ran a four, four, nine people aren't thrilled with his pro day. They didn't like his vertical. Um, he feels more attainable. I don't know if Johnston's there at 23 Luke. Are, are, am I seeing this clearly? Well, no, I
0: think it? you're right. I, I yeah. Personally, Jackson Smith and Jigba coming out of Ohio State. These Ohio State receivers coming out. They come out so clean, so polished. They have such a smooth transition. We've seen it time and time again. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. A lot of people expect Jackson Smith to do the same. He could be the first wide receiver off the board, but he didn't run the 40 because I think it's down to Jackson Smith or Quinton Johnston being the first wide receiver off the board. I look at last year's draft. I see the Falcons taking the first wide receiver off the board. Who was it? Drake London, USC, big-bodied athletic guy. The league right now just covets these X factors, these mismatch weapons, guys who can win consistently one-on-one. That's Quinton Johnston to a T, big-bodied, maybe the best Big man wide out with the ball in his hands and I'm talking about yards after the catch breaking big tackles apparently rumored to run a 40 around the four fours which would be crazy for such a big guy uh, if he runs anything close to that I think he will be the first wide receiver off the board and then Jackson Smith but kind of one in one a there but I think they're both gone I think it's a mute discussion by the time the Vikings are on the clock at pick 23 both seem like top 15 top 20 guys at the latest and you just look at the teams picking before the Vikings there's a a lot of teams who could justify taking a wide receiver there. So I love Johnson as well. Again, I think he's one of the uh, best combinations of a big man with speed and athleticism can go up and get it. You saw that 41 half inch vert at the Combine in Indy. He's special. Um, I think he's long gone by the time the Vikings are on the clock. I'm with you, Sam. And
1: therefore, Reggie, that is why the Vikings will have no oh, choice man. but to take Hendon Hooker because <laughs> oh, the wide man. receivers will be gone. So, well, hey, we, the, we had we had Russell
0: Brown on from Fantasy Pros just a few days ago. He just came out with his brand new mock draft. He did have Quentin Johnston going to the Vikings at pick 23. So I'm just saying, yeah, it doesn't seem like he should be there, but we see it every year on the draft. I never thought in a million years, Kyle Hamilton would drop all the way to the Vikings last year. He did. Did they take him? No, but my point is, Things happen on draft night that we never expected, no matter how many mock drafts we look at, how many projections there are, how many predictions the experts make like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Goofy stuff happens on draft night, so it wouldn't shock me.
2: And look, last year, you know, from our show last year, Mm -hmm. I've been stumping for the Vikings to take a wide receiver since. That's right last year when mm-hmm. I thought that they should go after Jamison Williams. He was there. They let yep. the Lions take him instead. Oof. I I think if they can get one of these bona fide guys, it, it, even if it's not Quentin Johnston at 23, if somehow Addison falls, if somehow Zay Flowers fall, like you got to take one of these guys. I just think that it adds such a different element to the offense that's already going to be humming with with Hock, and JJ, if they add another weapon, mm-hmm. watch out. Cause it, you, you take hooker, you you take hooker and you have a an asset, yes, but an asset that you don't even touch or use for probably a year.
0: And honestly, you know, just to echo what you're saying, a lot of what Sam's been saying all off season, double down on offense, double down on the receivers. Look at the Bengals with T Higgins and Jamar Chase and their success. Look at the Eagles with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith double down on these guys. So when one guy gets double covered, you have a guy who can consistently win these one-on-one matchups in between those two guys on the boundary. And like you said, having Hawkinson, KJ Osborne going to be a free agent next off season. Would be nice to have some sort of a contingency plan in case they can't retain his services next year as well I'm with you but I think at the end of the day just taking a bigger step back if Kirk Cousins isn't around who's throwing these guys the ball and I think at the end of the day that's what me and Sam kind of just started to tap into a little bit is we want to figure out what C and KOC is long-term game plan is if it's not extending Kirk Cousins who is the quarterback of the future
1: uh, a billion different angles to look at this from um Thanks for weighing in on that, Reggie. And comment below. I know you commented on yesterday's video, but if you didn't see that one, you can comment here. What would you think about Hendon Hooker at number 23? Let us know in the comments section here on YouTube at Locked On Sports Minnesota. We're also free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, you can also find us on the Roku and Amazon Fire Stick devices, the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. We got a bunch of wild trade scenarios to get to, and we're going to get to all of them here after I remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of locked on new customers get a no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, download that FanDuel app, safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on every sport. Every you know quarter or period or line, there's so many different ways to bet. Um, Three-pointers drain, goals scored. You can put together the first basket getter in basketball, put a parlay together, and you can stack up your bets within the same game and win this, uh, a big payout with the same game parlays. Don't miss that chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, guys, let's get to some of these scenarios. Some more likely than others. Yeah, what's up? real
2: quick, before you move on, I was just looking at these Hendon Hooker stats. His senior year of high school, he rushed for 1,200 yards and 27 touchdowns on the ground.
0: That's what I wanted to chirp in. This dude can run, too. And I know he's coming off the ACL, I will say, just to play devil's advocate, He doesn't always keep his eyes downfield once he escapes the pocket. He's going to have to get a little bit better at that in the NFL. As soon as he decides to bail out, he tucks the ball and runs. He's gone. But he can run, too. And I know he's a little bit older, and you don't want your quarterback necessarily moving around too much and taking a lot of big hits, especially at his age, coming off the ACL. But that is a serious threat for a defense anytime you go out there and put this kid on the field. So um, yeah, he's the total package, man. At 23? Come on. Beckers can't
2: choosers go ahead Sam go ahead that is we're that, moving on that
0: is the great equalizer
1: if, if there are really indeed is. some you know issues with him diagnosing the defenses or, or what have you the mobility the mobility is what cancels that out all right let's get into some trade scenarios um this is from T Steeg. I took this from the YouTube comments could they trade Dalvin Cook and Zedaria Smith to Arizona along with two future seconds and get the number three pick in the draft?
0: Well, you know what this kind of reminds me of this scenario? Do you guys remember 2018... the Bills, before the draft, before they moved up for Josh Allen from 12 to 8 or 7, I think it was with Tampa, they were originally picking at like pick 23. They traded offensive tackle Cordy Glenn. I think it's Cordy, Cordy Glenn. Glenn? Yeah. Yeah. And they moved up about 10 spots from 20 to 12, I think it was. Kind of similar range of where the Vikings are at now. So I don't think they could package uh, Darius and Cook. I just don't think there's enough value considering – again Cook probably the most you can get around a third rounder just guesstimating and then Zedarius just given his age in the big contract even though still an elite pass rusher probably can't get more than correct me if I'm wrong tell me I'm nuts but a second rounder guys I don't know what you guys think yeah probably not enough to move all the way up into the top five but you look at a scenario like the Bills Bengals trade in 2018 again trading a established veteran who at the time Glenn was pretty solid from what I remember I don't necessarily want to label him a pro bowler but Who's was a legitimate starter at left tackle that moved him up 10 spots. And then having that done before the draft gave him enough time to kind of recoup, pick up the phone, and then on draft night, move up those last four or five spots for Josh Allen. So that could be a scenario in the same realm of possibilities that's getting flung out here that I could see maybe Zadarius and Delvin Cook being packaged in.
1: Yeah, Reggie, Z'Darrius, so Dalvin, and two seconds to get the number three pick. Do you think that works, or do you think the Vikings would need to, to tweak that offer
2: for Arizona to say yes? I guess my thought is, why? What are you moving up for? Do, do you really believe in one of the quarterbacks? Is that what it is? You want to take maybe a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? Like, for one, the the Colts seem to have played this thing all wrong because— I don't know, like we looked at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft and they just kind of get whoever's left as opposed to going and getting your guy. They need a quarterback. They've swung and missed on all these guys since Andrew Luck went down. And now you look at, you know, Jacoby Brissett, Philly Riv, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. And now you have dropped to four and the top two guys are going to be gone. They're going to be gone. I mean, you could you could try to move up to the number 3 spot just so nobody else comes and intercepts you and you get you don't get the guy that you do want after Young and Stroud. And I think that's the that's the tough part. So I guess you only make a move like that if you're moving up to get a quarterback. And I don't know that the Vikings need to be that aggressive as it stands right now. And also I just don't think that hall is going to get what you think you, you should get, which is the the third round pick. Like the, the guys are, are good guys, but you're kind of going away from what they're doing in the league anyway. You know, like, cook at that number i don't think arizona would they need a running back that bad you know zadarius wants to get paid they they just let go of marcus golden out there they just lost jj watt like i I get it he could help but like i don't know if that's someone that they want to why do that when at three you can just stand there and get will anderson and he's kind of like your past rusher of the future and you can maybe get one of these talented backs that are in the draft a little later. I don't really see what the upside is for Arizona on that trade.
0: Yeah, I think Reggie's right. I think, you know, when you saw the Panthers move up from 9-1 to with Chicago – uh, first of all, everybody lost their mind. They thought the Panthers gave up way too much. Well, they had to leapfrog a team like the Colts and even the Texans, teams like the Raiders. I mean, there are so many teams right now in the top 10, and even teams behind them. Do the Titans want to move on from Ryan Tannehill? What are the Ravens going to do if they let go of Lamar? I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks are in a situation. They could be looking for a quarterback of the future. So many teams they had to basically win this bidding war with, but nobody was more bummed out, Reggie's right, than and the Indianapolis Colts sitting at four because that just established, it just cemented in stone that the first two picks – We're going to go quarterback, bang, bang. And like Reggie said, all of a sudden, maybe Arizona gets a call and somebody else leapfrogs them. Now they're sitting there with the fourth best option, probably Will Levis at that point, uh, which, again, is just worst-case scenario. You know, When you're going into the draft process, sitting there at four with four great quarterbacks, you're thinking, all right, one or two probably likely going to go, but I still should have a couple options here. That may not be the case anymore, and one of the biggest benefits – about the Panthers moving up with the Bears so early is now that they have four or five weeks to kind of let the dust settle, teams like the Colts may be forced to panic and hit that button and say, you know what? We got to give up the farm. And as crazy as it sounds, Carolina could move back because they could get a King's ransom from a team like Indy and get an offer Mm -hmm. they just can't refuse. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. I know Carolina took a lot of heat, is my point, initially for that trade. And they did give up a lot. That DJ Moore on top of it was just kind of the cherry on top but the fact that they got it done so early could prove to be very beneficial and they could end up moving back when this thing's all said and done
1: yeah I mean I don't know why the Panthers need even a new quarterback because Adam Thielen said that Andy Dalton can win the Panthers a let's Super go. Bowl, so I, I I don't think they really need that let's go. I mean to answer the question I I just think that to move back from the number three pick in the draft you got to get ones you got to get first round picks like De- Dalvin and Zedarius are depreciating assets. Um, twos are great, but I think you really want ones. You got to be blown away to move out of that spot. So I think Arizona says no in that case. They're not going to absorb thirty million dollars in salary. Um, Joel has a similar question, but just tweaked a little bit, and I think it's an interesting talker. He's wondering if the Vikings trade Cook and another vet for draft capital. Uh, do they do that so they can move up? with those assets to get a QB in the draft or do they stay put and just draft a player for need? So, so I guess the question is framed like this. If you do trade those veterans and get picks, how are you using them? Are you just staying, are you just trying to add picks or are you trying to package those picks to make a bold move up in the draft? Uh, Reggie, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess it just depends on how you value um, Dalvin Cook. I think this particular offseason so far has shown that there's just not a high value on running backs. And so, you know, Dalvin Cook is a I believe Dalvin Cook is a great running back in the league. I think he's top five running back in the league. But you see what these guys are going for right now you got Zeke on the street he may not even find a team until probably training camp or something like that Kareem Hunt as good as he's been in the past he's a free agent right now like I just don't know that I just don't know that there's a lot of capital to gain if you do that deal and so I think you know you you try to if if the goal is to trade him you just try to get as much as you can to get what you can, I guess um, for a guy like him and, and just try to go from there. But I think the tough part about it is, is just within like, it seems like a year's time or so the, the running back position is back to being devalued in the league, even though everybody needs one and everybody needs an effective running game to make things happen for their offenses. Like they're still just not the valuable commodity that, they were, you know, maybe, what, four or five years ago when you're seeing guys getting paid, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. I just think it's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know that you trading um, a guy like Cook and or another vet would get you what you need to move up to get a, a quarterback or, you know, best available player. You might as well just kind of stand pat where you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, Richie's right. Like, It depends on what you get, and I don't think you can expect to get much more than late-day two picks, really, at most for both those guys. And remember, that only gets you back up to even. Only back to starting ground because they don't have a second round pick from TJ Hawkinson. They're missing a day three pick as well. You had the worst defense in the league last year. You've added some nice, maybe one two year deals, some good pieces, but you also release Eric Kendricks, Cam Dantzler, Adam Thielen's gone now too. So I mean, those picks only get you so far. If they were premium picks, it would be fun and enticing to drop some different scenarios and plans about hey, you could package these and get all the way up into the top five and take whoever you want whether it's a quarterback or will anderson whoever it may be but i think because they went into this offseason behind the eight ball so much just from a roster standpoint and salary cap situation as well i think those picks really only get you back to even because there's so much rebuilding that needs to be done specifically on the defensive side of the ball that you need those picks just to you know give brian flores something to work with next year when he shows up to the uh, otas and training camp
1: and ultimately if you're trading up for a qb you're giving up ones. You're giving up 2024 yep. and 2025 ones. The picks in the middle of the rounds probably aren't nearly as important. A um, couple late questions coming in, including Seth, who wants to to us to choose our favorite move. He's given us five options. We're going to address that after I remind folks that the Built March Madness Challenge is still going on for Built Bar. Builtmarchmadness.com. You can vote for your favorite bar or puff. And enter for a chance to be one of fifty lucky locked on listeners that get a free box of Built Bars. You can also be one lucky fan that wins a twelve month subscription to Built, have them delivered right to your door. Why do you want to get these Built Bars? It's obvious. They're the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're super amazing. Uh, you don't even know they're good for you, but they are. They're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in sugar and calories. And they have some unbelievable flavors that are made with 100% real chocolate. So head to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. Vote every day in March so you got nine days left. Hop in and support your pick. And speaking of picks, uh, Seth on Twitter has given us five options. Pick your favorite gentleman. Which move would you choose for the Vikings? Trade for DeAndre Hopkins trade for Cortland Sutton, trade for Jerry Judy, sign Bobby Wagner, or sign Odell Beckham Jr.? Reggie, what do you think?
2: Oh, you definitely got to sign OBJ, but I think just the tough part about it is the the cap space. You still got to sign these rookies. I guess they do still have decisions to make on guys like Cook and Zadarius, and that could free up some money if they decide to move on. But, you know, I, I think you probably go against the whole competitive rebuild thing if you trade for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who I still believe is a top receiver in the league. Like, the dude is – I mean, we saw it, that touchdown that he – had against the the Vikings this past season was was unreal. I, I still think he's really good, and so, but you you have to give up draft capital that I think you could use to help keep rebuilding this team as you like to getting younger and and faster and more explosive. And so I think maybe signing a guy like OBJ, you know. That would kind of solve things. If you have Jefferson on one side and OBJ on the other side, then you maybe can draft hooker in the first round of, of the draft. Cause Ooh, you really now he's on don't board. necessarily okay. need that. But, but I just don't know what OBJ commands. You know, he made the tweet the other day saying like, Hey, I'm not asking for the farm, but I at least want more than four. And so I don't know what a deal like that looks like for OBJ. Um, so I, I think that will probably be the best of the the four options that you laid out, Sam. But th- the money, man, just got to make the money work somehow.
0: I'm going receiver first. I like Hopkins just a little bit more than OBJ. Still outstanding at the contested catches. Think he caught over 50% last year. 30 years old, though. Plus, again, the contract he only went when he got traded to Arizona for like a two and a fifth. I thought that was a steal at the time. Maybe he goes for even less now. So I think just from a trade compensation standpoint, I think he's well worth the move because he's 30, going to be 31. And again, like OBJ and what Reggie said, maybe the contract's just not quite as palatable. I think a guy like Jerry Judy, honestly, would make a little bit more sense just from what we've seen from Quasi and the moves he's made this offseason. A little bit younger, still on a rookie deal, hasn't really tapped into how good he can be coming out of Alabama. I think at his best, he's most natural as some teams' number two receiver. And I think he can be dominant there. And that just fits perfectly with having Justin Jefferson across from you. So Jerry Judy, I think, seems more realistic. Again, for all these scenarios, So it just depends on what kind of trade compensation we're talking about. Is it a two? Is it a three? Is it a four? Something like that. It doesn't sound like a huge difference, but again, with with such little draft capital as is, the difference between a a future second rounder and this year's fourth rounder actually is quite a bit.
1: Yeah, Jerry Judy would be my answer. Um, It feels a lot like the Hawkinson trade. You're getting someone, a former first round pick in his fourth year. You would have him under team control in that fifth year because of the fifth year option. Um, Jerry Judy, super productive, young receiver, a lot of talent and still a lot of upside, I think. Um, And if he proves that he can be a piece, you can consider extending him. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if you have the money, Um, but you do have him for two years, which which is key. And that's the way uh, Kwesi has operated is bringing in these guys that you have not only as a one year rental, but two years. Ross Blacklock, Jalen Rager, TJ Hawkinson. He made sure that they got them into the building for more than just the one year. So, Jerry Judy would be my answer because the salary makes sense, the talent makes sense. Um, Jeremiah Sweeney also wants to know which free agent would you like to see the Vikings sign? Um, maybe it's OBJ, <clears throat> but I think someone like Nicole Hardman is maybe a, a little more realistic at the wide receiver position, just from a salary standpoint, uh, kind of a gadget. His speed. His lateral quickness, you can use him on special teams, perhaps. Maybe he could replace Rager as the punt returner. Um, Hardman would be my guy. Are there any other free agents kind of still sitting out there, guys, that would catch your eye?
0: You know, I'm looking at the list right now. There's not a ton. Again, just when you got to think about the cap constraints, there's not a ton that I really feel like you're getting a great bang for the buck. Paris Campbell, only 26 years old. Speedster, again, you're just looking for somebody to compliment. K.J. Osborne, Hawkinson, and, of course, Justin Jefferson. Mac Collins. I think Matt Collins actually just got signed the other day, so he's out. There's Paris not a Campbell ton of options out here, man. There's really oh, not. Campbell
2: did, too. Yeah, Paris Campbell got oh, signed did? by the Giants. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. There's not a – yeah, it's looking thin out here right now. Yeah. Any, anything, I, Reg?
2: Yeah, I think um what's funny is the guy I just mentioned, I don't know what the plan is for Dalvin Cook, but I think if some way they do decide to move on from Dalvin, I think signing a guy like Kareem Hunt would make a lot of sense for the Vikings just because, like – He's played in that complementary back system before. He's also been the lead guy before when he was with Kansas City. Um, I I just think that he has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, not just as a runner, but as a guy who can come out of the backfield and make things happen as well. And we know that Kirk likes to dump it off from time to time if he can. Um, Not from time to time. I think he was a little bit more after throw down the field last season more than he usually does. But I think giving that added dimension of a guy that you have to kind of watch out for in the backfield. And we know that KOC likes to utilize the running back as a as a passer. I mean as a, a pass catcher, your favorite Sam might be able to make some things happen in the screen game. I know that's that's your favorite uh, but game yeah I I think that could be something that that could be intriguing him as kind of like a one-two punch with Alexander Madison and them just kind of carrying the load I think that could be something
1: I like that Reggie That's good stuff. Um, Man, we covered a lot of ground today. Vikings trade scenarios. We defended our our Hendon Hooker takes. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Make sure to comment below and subscribe on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Find us free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, check us out tomorrow with Arifasan and Luke Braun with the full panel
2: back on the Minnesota football party.
1: Reggie, uh, what's coming up at CARE 11 tonight?
2: Oh, man. We got uh, the, the United... They have a new player that they're going to be announcing today at a presser at Allianz Field. Their new Korean player, of course, Uh, will be there for that. And we got the State Boys basketball tournament. Um, Just a look ahead to the weekend, we got Larry McKenzie on with us talking hoops. Just a ridiculous basketball mind. He's been great the last few times we've had him on. So really exciting stuff this weekend. Also, we're on cat watch tonight. Mm. Is he going to play? Mm. Is he not? Give me a percentage. Play? Where are we at? 50 50? Is it well? A I mean, they, they raised him up. He's not out. He's questionable now. So okay. that would seem to believe that there is a chance, but he's playing. He's playing. You think?
1: I think he I don't think he sits down with Krasinski unless he knew he was playing this week.
2: All right. Well, we'll we'll see. Chris Finch was on WCCO radio yesterday saying that he does not think that. He's gonna play yet, but you know, oh, maybe well, maybe uh Finch is closer to it than me. Well, but maybe maybe it's posturing. I don't know. Who knows? Hmm. It's so it's such a weird thing with the wolves. But yeah, those are some of the things we're keeping an eye on at Care 11.
1: Yeah, maybe Ant plays at least. That would be that would be welcome. Um, so check out Reggie on Care Eleven. Check out Luke Inman's NFL Draft Buzz Newsletter. Subscribe to that at LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters. It's free. You get the rankings. You get the biggest stories in the NFL Draft world, courtesy of our own Luke Spinman. Uh, Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Reggie. I'm Sam Ekstrom for Locked On Sports Minnesota. Talk to you tomorrow on the Minnesota Football Party.
2: Be blessed. Spread love this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.